This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver, is there such thing as a Denver accent? Some unique way that only we talk? It's a surprisingly complex question tied up in our history and culture, and the answer is changing all the time. So today we're sharing a conversation our host Bree Davies had last spring with CU Boulder linguistics professor Jeremy Calder and graduate student Andrew Ting about their work documenting and understanding the unique and occasionally hilarious ways that only Denverites speak. Today is Monday, September 11th. I'm Paul Caroli in for Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Jeremy Calder and Andrew Ting, welcome to CityCast Denver. Hi, we're excited to be here. Thank you for having us. So you two are studying linguistics at CU Boulder, and I wanted to talk to you because you're working on a sort of rare research project looking into the Denver accent. And I know um, we've been looking into this for a while as a, it just kind of anecdotally as a show, we've been talking about it, but there isn't a ton of actual research out there about if Denver has an accent and what it sounds like. Why do you think there's a lack of research? So there's been study on this large dialect west of the Mississippi River called the Western Vowel Shift. Um, And a lot of um, previous research kind of characterizes everything west of the Mississippi River as one dialect region, which is kind of now where we're starting to see isn't so true. Um, People are starting to look at different regions within the West and um, there are some differences that are emerging, but there's, there's long been this idea that all of the dialectal variation is like east of the Mississippi River. Like there's a bunch of dialects in the Northeast and the Midwest and the South, but for whatever reason, the West has just always been characterized as one big blob of monolithic dialect. And that is like, as a person like born and raised here, it's, that doesn't, that doesn't resonate with me at all. Yeah. And maybe it's because it's like we're particular, you know, about how our how we identify with where we're from and things like that, which is, I think, a big component of the how we speak. But um, that's so interesting. We're just kind of we've been homogenized. Yeah. Like I'm originally from New Mexico and I would be considered the same dialect as somebody from Denver, as somebody from California. And that, to me, that doesn't resonate either. So I think people have an intuition that that's not really true. And research is is kind of now starting to delve into that. Yeah. So maybe, Andrew, do you want to talk about that? What you all are looking into when we look at when you're looking at this specific topic of an accent here in Denver? Yeah. So specifically what we focus on is um, looking at vowel shifts. And essentially what that means is that, especially in um, varieties of English, consonants tend to be relatively stable, but English has a pretty large amount of vowels. And over time, as English left Britain and came over here, vowels changed quite a lot and they move places. And 
we characterize different dialectal shifts and regions in the U.S. according to these sort of vowel shifts. And um, as Jeremy mentioned earlier, the Western vowel shift is one of the main patterns of movement that we see that characterizes uh, west of the Mississippi. And what we're trying to see now is whether or not Colorado adheres to the patterns that we see with the Western vowel shift or whether it diverges from them. Can you talk a bit more about that Western vowel shift? Like, what does that sound like? Um, so one thing that characterizes the Western vowel shift, and this is something that I do do as somebody from New Mexico, the vowels in the words lot and thought for me are the same vowel. When I pronounce them, they're both ah. But um, there are dialects east of the Mississippi that pronounce those as two different vowels, maybe something like lot and thought, ah, ah. Most people in, in the West have those, what we call the merger of lot and thought, where those two vowels are pronounced the same. But one thing that we found that was really surprising in our data in Denver is that people have been merging lot and thought for a long time. So even our oldest speakers pronounce those two vowels the same. So this is something that might be perceived by some as, oh, this is an element of the Western vowel shift that has been shown in California. So maybe Denver is becoming more like California in this way. But actually, we see that this is something that may have even been here longer than it's been in California. <laughs> so it, it, it's really interesting. Hi, my name is Hannah. I grew up in Park Hill and I live in City Park West. And I do not think that Denverites have an accent per se, but I do believe that we're particularly bad at pronouncing T's in the middle of words like button instead of button or curtain instead of curtain or mountain instead of mountain. I've lived a lot of places besides Denver, but I'm from Denver and I feel like I get that a lot. And I love City Cup Denver so much. Thanks for doing what you do. Yeah, so this is super, super interesting. And I and I hope that people aren't going to get mad at me for this. <laughs> <laughs> send send me hate mail. Send me hate mail. No. <laughs> but it's it's really funny because there's <laughs> there's these ideas that that uh, there are certain words that are so connected to the ideology of a place. Mountain is one of these words. Colorado is or Colorado is one of these words, right? Um so in talking with interviewees we had a lot of people express that mountain seemed like something that was um, unique to the Denver accent, like the pronunciation of the mountain with a uh, what, what we call a glottal stop, where you make the T with your throat. Uh, 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 mountain. Yeah. There's this idea that this is a local pronunciation, um, but funnily enough, this is this uh thing before an N, like in mountain button. This this is a, a general phenomenon of American English. Wow. So this really, really illuminates in a very interesting way the connection between language and ideology. Like this is something that's very ideologically important to this place, mountains. So because of that, mm -hmm. there's this idea that there's a certain way of pronouncing it that's unique. Um, but unfortunately, we have not seen that there's anything unique about the pronunciation of the word mountain here. And I know that's going to like make people <laughs> I know, I was like, <laughs> upset to hear. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. Mountain is not specific to Denver or Colorado. This is a thing that Americans do. This episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. 
Pine Melon is a next-generation grocery delivery app that partners with over 200 farmers, ranchers, and producers in Colorado to help make fresh, locally sourced foods available to the Denver community at fair prices. Get high-quality meats, eggs, and dairy from small local farms, fresh-baked breads from local bakeries, and more, as well as all of your favorite pantry staples. Best part is, Pine Melon offers same-day delivery to Denver and soon Boulder within a two-hour window, no subscription necessary. Save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door. Join the movement and support local today. Use promo code CityCastDenver for $75 off your first delivery at PineMelon.com. That's PineMelon.com. Hi there. My name is Andy, a longtime listener, first-time caller from West Colfax. I totally think Denver has an accent, and it's really subtle. It took me a long time to pick up on it because the first people I lived with when I moved out here were themselves from Wisconsin or Kansas and, you know, other parts of the Midwest. But when you listen to, like, our our uh, congresswoman, Deanna DeGette, talks, she has that kind of accent. Essential workers on the front lines of the pandemic, including the healthcare workers like those in my home state of Colorado and around the country, are experiencing burnout and reporting their own increased mental health struggles. I hear it sometimes in Brie, too. There's, like, um, it's kind of a short up in the middle of, like, I guess syllables and vowels I wouldn't normally go up on. I can't impersonate it. Anyways, it's a pleasure. <laughs> I love CityCast Denver. Bye. So so this is something that is a feature of the West called the feel-fill merger. Uh, this is something that we do in New Mexico, too, um, where it's like, oh, that's real hard. Like, it's uh, it's almost like like feel and fill have the same vowel um where they kind of where they merge right they a merger is when two distinct vowels become the same um so this is something that's found in the west um we haven't specifically looked at this feature in our sample yet but this gives us a good idea right like this is the the cool <laughs> thing about conversations like this is it gives us ideas of where to go next and in my intuition as somebody that you know grew up in the mountain west is that this is something we do do. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how much this is a thing among our people in, in Colorado. So I've also learned from friends in California that the Chicano identity that we have pretty present here in Colorado is not necessarily a way that folks identify in other parts of the country. But um, that's an influence that I think about when I think about the Colorado accent is my friends that identify as Chicano um, or maybe of... Mexican heritage. It's just like my neighborhood's a little bit different, but I'm thinking about like the true West Siders, the true North Siders, the true East Siders is where you hear this. Yo, what up, Bree Davies, Coco Davies. It's your boy Op on the audio bot from the North Side, Denver, West Side born. And we're talking about say things in Denver, how you say things if you're from here. What's up, E Bud? Why is out? Yeah, for yay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm from Denver's, but it's your boy Ott sending you love from the north side. Is that something that you all are finding? Is that Spanish speaking influence having anything to do with how we talk? That That's super interesting. And, and that, that ties into this Colorado versus Colorado thing. Yeah. Um, where, where, Colorado is a much more Anglo pronunciation of this word, right? Because the, the vowel in Spanish is ah. 
Colorado. Right. So uh, it, it, it's really, really interesting. And one thing that we want to explore next is we want to explore these neighborhoods like um, the north side, um, like the Santa Fe area. Um, which which have historically had high populations of Chicano residents, but um, especially on the north side, there's uh, a lot of gentrification happening. Um, so we're one thing that we're wanting to explore in the future is how gentrification is affecting pronunciation patterns in these neighborhoods. Oh, oh my gosh, Jeremy, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> <laughs> the more you talk, the more I'm like, you're just talking how I'm thinking about, like there's just such a crossover to me of New Mexico, Colorado. It's so funny because like I have friends from the East Coast that aren't super familiar with the New Mexico accent. And whenever they hear my accent, <laughs> they say that I kind of sound Minnesotan, but kind of not. And I think it's because like in Minnesota, when you pronounce the vowel O, it's like, oh, oh it's like way back there. Like you, your tongue is so far back in your mouth. Like, oh, don't you know? Like, I feel like that's part of the stereotype. And one of the things that we do in Chicano English is oh, 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 like that oh is way back there because in Spanish it's oh, oh. oh. Um, so I think people are picking up on that. But Anglo, especially in the West, um, the Western dialect, the oh is almost like more for forward, like oh, like I'm going to exaggerate it like a valley girl sound, but like oh my God. Um, so it's, it's <laughs> oh is one of those vowels that I think is really going to differentiate Chicano speakers from white speakers. Um, yes. And one one that I really want to look at in these gentrifying neighborhoods, because uh, because it, it would it, as as there's a, an influx of people from outside, um, there's this theory that when you're around people, um, your speech might accommodate to the people that you're around. So like like speech changes over time based on who you're around. Um, so I'm, I'm really really uh, our next step for this project is exploring these gentrifying neighborhoods like um, these Chicano neighborhoods and, and places like Five Points or uh, uh, like uh, historically African-American neighborhoods to see how um, pronunciation shifts might be reflected in linguistic shifts. Yeah, because I think so my husband's from this area called Bear Valley and it's um, a lot of I think a lot of Chicano families moved there so it's a it's a real mix of Ch Chicano and Spanish speaking folks and white people. My husband's a white guy, but a lot of times, especially when he's around his Bear Valley friends, it comes out and it's exactly what you're describing right now is like that Chicano influenced um, way of speaking. And it's kind of just dotted all over the city. But I think, again, you're right. It's changing as as our neighborhoods change. But also the the Colorado conversation reminds me of the Denver conversation, which is some people say Denver and some people say Denver. But that's such a I think it's a pretty small group of folks that say that. So this is another feature of the Western dialect. OK. Like the eh vowel in words like Denver and dress. In the West, it, it becomes something more like Danver and Dras. And, and, and it's almost part of like the stereotype of like the California accent, right? Like Dras. But it's something that happens across the West. Um, so so Danver could be um, one manifestation of this vowel kind of becoming more Western sounding. Okay. And when I say Western, I don't mean cowboy. I mean like the Western United States, almost like... What has been what has been found in California? So where are you all at with your research? Like, what are you hoping to do or or what's the next steps here? 
I think the biggest priority for us is collecting more data from more data or collecting interviews from a larger age range and also from a more diverse set of identity dimensions. Because I think that what you've brought up with this idea of Chicano Spanish bilingual speakers is really interesting and it's not something that we have explored a whole lot yet. Another thing is that we have found it more difficult to find older speakers and they are extremely important to this sort of research. So we're trying to uh, also explore dimensions of social class, of race and ethnicity, and also see maybe more fine-grained distinctions between like, you know, if we can get speakers from other areas like Boulder, Fort Collins, Junction, uh, other areas in the front range and see if there are distinctions that we can make to say not just a Colorado accent, but also more distinct regional ways of speaking. Yeah. And I think we haven't really touched on it a ton, but I'm thinking about, um, you know, Denver's Black identity, um, our Five Points community, our Park Hill folks, they're going to speak differently too. Um, I just happen to grow up more on the, like, the Chicano side of things. So that's what I think about. But I also know my friends from those parts of the city also say specific things like, I know Denver is sometimes something that folks say versus Denver or Denver. And I think that that mm-hmm. um, is definitely also representative of the wider you know, Denver accent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're bringing up a really interesting point. We have this idea that there's a single accent for a place and um, not to ruffle any feathers, but usually what, what accent gets um, characterized as the accent for that place is the accent that white people use. Um, And, and you're, you're very right in that um, different ethnicities do you know, have different speech patterns sometimes. And that doesn't make them any less local. That doesn't make them any less representative of the area. So to to get a, a full picture of what the Denver accent is, we, wa- we want to know what the Denver accents are and the plurality uh, of the Denver accent and how um, various identities, various ethnicities, various sexual orientations, various, all of these things um, are represented um, in the Denver population and how how that reflects itself through language. So we are definitely still hoping to get more and more and more interviews with a wider and wider range of people. I love this. Well, Jeremy and Andrew, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Water. The Denver Post reports that a coalition of environmental groups has formally asked a judge to invalidate the federal permits allowing Denver Water to expand Gross Reservoir northwest of Boulder. Construction on the reservoir expansion began in April of last year and is expected to take five years. This challenge is just the latest twist in a years-long legal battle over the reservoir, with activists arguing that Denver Water's overlooking environmental impacts of blasting 1.6 million tons of rock and neglecting to account for the increasing demands on the Colorado River. For more on Denver Water's 100-year-long project of consolidating Rocky Mountain water runoff for the betterment of the Mile High City, I'm going to drop a link in our show notes to an episode we made last year when the Gross Reservoir expansion was just beginning. And finally, business at Milk Market seems to have soured. Chef and owner Frank Bonanno opened the Ritzy Food Hall at 1800 Wazee Street in 2018 with a wide variety of upscale food and drink options to appeal to downtown crowds. But according to a new report in Business Den, he's selling the place. Bonanno said recent sales numbers have been half of pre-pandemic numbers, so it didn't really make sense for his restaurant group anymore. 
Milk Market will reportedly remain open under new ownership, Sage Hospitality, the same company that owns the dairy block next door. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Denver Water's new CEO, Alan Salazar, a.k.a. former Mayor Hancock's old chief of staff about us. Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then.